Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. 
Yan, and I have been listening to Breakfast with Champions and receiving my daily dose of motivation, education, and inspiration from this amazing community for just under a year, and uh, it's really made a massive difference in my life. And I am really glad to be able to contribute again to this early morning segment, understanding the minds of the ultra successful. As for me, I am an entrepreneur. I left Wall Street where I worked for 14 years as a professional trader to start a, a medical AI business in 2019. It is called Snowhill Science. And the focus of our deep tech AI powered research is on longevity. So if you're looking for longevity related content to listen to, please check out my 10K card I pinned on top. And um, I also have a YouTube channel now called Snowhill Tech, which um, has um, just started really, um, I think over five months ago as my 2022 New Year's plan. So you're very warmly invited to check out the videos there and also help me forward onto those who might benefit from them. And again, for those of you who have not heard from me before, I have been talking about longevity over the past few months here. And uh, because longevity is the focus of the research that we do at our startup. So this longevity series that I have been doing here at BWC together with my co-founder, Dr. Vince, thank you so much for the uh, for the green bean, but Dr. Vince is actually not speaking today. Uh, but um, thank you for your support, guys. And um, so this really started off uh, back in February when I uh, happened to be talking about the importance of paying attention to our bodies as part of our spirituality during one of my segments back then. And surprisingly, um, after receiving some great feedback from this amazing family here, um, and it kind of just snowballed afterwards into a series uh, where my co-founder Vince and I um, had the pretty or on topics like uh, longevity research in general, um, and then on fasting, on sleep deprivation, on exercise, and specifically on cardiorespiratory capacity, as well as zone two training. And then last time we talked about fat as an organ. So it's just been a real pleasure for both of us because these are the things that we look at and we think about and we research on and we try to build products for day in and day out. But beyond that, um, as a speaker and mentor, I do talk about um, on different platforms and forums, a few other topics related to my professional experiences uh, in the past. So I generally talk about the financial markets a lot. Um, and then also artificial intelligence, especially its application in the medical and investment fields, as well as Web3. So please feel free to check out some of the replays I have saved on these topics at the bottom part of my Clubhouse bio as I would really love to hear your thoughts. It means a lot to me when I see the replay numbers still ticking up occasionally, uh, even for rooms that happened weeks or months back. And um, I feel it really makes me feel purposeful and it really keeps me going um, as I have uh, tried to build content that can stay relevant to my friends uh, here on Clubhouse for a longer period of time. So anyways, all of these topics I mentioned just now are available for you in the future for this particular segment that I do here with BWC. As um, I always say, these are all on the early Friday breakfast menu for all of you to choose from. Now, really earlier this week, 
Dr. Vince and I initially planned to talk about stability and balance, which we feel is really important and yet not being paid as much attention to in the wellness field as it deserves. But as I pondered more upon today's title over the past few days, understanding the minds of the ultra successful and also given that the past few weeks have been really intense in the financial markets, I have received tons of messages from lots of people. I have participated in a lot of offline discussions with regards to what's happening in the economy, what to do under the current market conditions. And um, that is why I practically didn't have much time to participate much here on Clubhouse over the past few weeks, if that's what you, what, uh, uh, you know, my friends have been wondering. So I feel um, it might serve our community better perhaps to take a pause from the longevity content. I'm sorry if that's what you're here for, but I thought I would take a pause from that um, and uh, for me to instead talk about today's topic, the minds of the ultra successful from the financial markets perspective, because, you know, after all, that is what I was trained for, you know, trading and profiting from different market conditions was what I have been doing firsthand for 14 years on Wall Street. And a lot of market participants have not been through a crisis like this and many are looking for some help with their mindset. And I would be happy to be able to help in this small way. Um, and as many of you know, though I am a founder now, I still do trade, I still invest and I still mentor in that regard. So what are some of the common characteristics of the ultra successful. From those that I work with, um, we're talking about those who earn a minimum of eight figures uh, US dollars after tax each year consistently. In the finance circle, what are those people like? Now, I want to firstly clarify, I don't study these people as a profession. I'm not a psychologist. I am not um, taking some talking points from a book. I am basing what I am about to share on real people that I know without really naming who they are. <clears throat> now, first of all, I, and I think this is the biggest point I want to make today, is that the ultra successful are willing to put their money at risk. The ultra successful are willing to put their money at risk, even in these uncertain times. Well, yes, they are being more conservative, but they are still trading and investing. And let's be realistic. They have taken some hits, okay, on their previous investments over the past few weeks and months. No one is completely immune to the sharp and broad correction we have seen over the past few weeks and months. So the ultra successful have taken some hits too, but they are still willing to put their money at risk. Why? Because risk generates returns. And that's why you see a lot of people with serious money, they invest instead of save. Everyone says that, and it is true, they do invest instead of save. And so if you look at their portfolio holdings, only a small proportion would be in cash or short dated cash equivalents. 
Okay, so what are short-dated cash equivalents? Sorry. So these are the treasury bills, for example, or the liquid investments that mature within the next three months or so. That is the classic definition. Usually we don't count stocks and bonds, although these are also very easily converted into cash. They're pretty liquid, but that's you know for another discussion what we count and not count. I am sure you have heard everyone say by now when they talk about money mindsets that cash is not king. But you know, that is not the entire truth. In an inflationary environment, cash is not king because your cash is worth less tomorrow than today. Assuming the return you generate by putting your money in the bank is lower than inflation, which is the environment we are in now. But don't let people tell you that this is always the case because cash is king when you are in a deflationary environment, which was the environment we were kind of in very briefly, you know, before the crazy printing that the central banks started to do. So cash is not king when we are, ca yes, cash is not king uh, when we are in the current inflationary um, environment. But cash is also king Okay, I talked about cash is king in a def deflationary environment, but cash is also king when we look at startups in this environment. Because as investors, we are checking how long their runway is, meaning how long before these businesses run out of cash, before, because really raising more funding will be much more difficult than before. And some businesses will fail. So if you do need cash to operate your business, then of course, cash is king. So it really depends. Cash is not king, is true most of the time, but not always and not for all people. So I guess a supplementary point that can be made about the ultra successful is that they really care a lot about details. So to invest is to part with your money. And at the same time, you are accepting a degree of uncertainty. I could use the sewing analogies in the Bible to illustrate this as well, but I probably don't have enough time to elaborate so much. One myth that many people often hold in their mind when they think about the ultra successful is that these people have exclusive information. So their bets are sure wins. And I will tell you today, that is not true. Yes, they do have amazing connections. They know a lot of smart and powerful people. They have lots of resources, but all of these advantages do not give them sure wins. If you don't get this point, what you would end up doing one day is probably you would be tempted to trade on everything that they say. If you hear such and such is doing this trade or making that investment, you think this is a sure win. You think you don't need to fully understand it. You can just put everything you have into that same trade or investment. But I am telling you, no one becomes ultra successful by simply relying on other people's tips. Because if your tips are so accurate, it would most likely be some kind of insider information. We have heard about that example of a tycoon's driver. Well, I want to tell you that was all those years back then when that was allowed. But now people do get jailed for making investments on this kind of insider information. 
So what the ultra successful can come up with or have access to are good bets, not sure wins, which means there is a degree of uncertainty and they have learned to train their minds to accept and prepare for those risks. And they also uh, have come up with a model, maybe in their minds or maybe on their computers, whatever systems they use to evaluate these associated risks. And they measure these risks against the possible returns by carefully studying the markets, the clients to the details of, well, in my case, I can give when I study a company that I am seriously consider, considering to invest in, I would first of all build a model of say if it is a publicly traded real estate company okay i would build a model which contains every single property that they hold okay imagine it could be hundreds i don't know it could be thousands together with their last valuation and i would also look at who their tenants are in those buildings and what are their business models who are their clients as much details as possible why in a downturn like this when i hear such and such company is laying off staff, I instantly know if it is one of the tenants of any of these buildings that the real estate company owns. I would also have information about how long their leases are, what are the penalties that the landlord company will receive, and I can work out the impact of that layoff on that real estate company that I own or the shares that I own. So if I realize it's gonna be a big hit, I can quantify it, well, to a certain degree of confidence. And I would not only sell out of my current positions, I would also short the stock. Because by then, the prices have not yet moved. And then a while later, by the time the rest of the markets really realizes what those layoffs mean, and they know from hearing this same news from the real estate company's earnings call, most likely quarterly, so most likely a few weeks or months down the line from me, or when the company issue a warning on their profits, then the stocks would have fallen a lot as others now panic sell. I have made my money on my short position. I would use this opportunity when other people are panic selling to buy back and cover my shorts, take my profits. And if I see the stock has crashed to a certain level. I check that against my model I have built and I see the underlying holdings are trading at a huge discount. And by the way, I will know there is now great value and exactly how much value. I would then use the opportunity to buy it again. And now I can wait for it to go back up over time. And I am also able to weather some negative moves from there in, in just in case, you know, my timing is not great. I remember no sure wins, right? So my timing is unlikely to be precise and there is likely to be some headwinds coming my way after I put that long, put uh, on that long position. But I can weather those negative moves because I have made money already on those short positions previously. So this is just a simple illustration of um, how, you know, to explain what goes on with each of the moves that was made. And if you're just trading on tips, you would be buying and selling at the Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, Five Simple Steps to an Extraordinary Morning. 
If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. The wrong time and your wallet would get hurt in the process. And that is why if you trade by reacting to the news, you would also most likely be too late with your every move. And that's how people lose money in the financial markets. And that is not smart risk taking. It is just like throwing your money away, in which case it would be better to not touch those investments at all. In those cases, cash would be king because if you have not thoroughly done any homework, if you're just in for the mofo, that is not what I meant when I said the ultra successful put their money at risk. And then the second point I want to talk about today, I don't know how many I can get through, um, is that the ultra successful are constantly spotting growth opportunities in the market. One thing is for sure, the ultra successful don't allow themselves to mellow down in their comfort zone. So for example, I do believe that I am in one of those growth industries. I left Wall Street for it. I better be right. Um, I am now in you know, AI diagnostics as well as in longevity research. I have posted a chart actually on my LinkedIn regarding the hype cycle okay, of the top 50 emerging digital health trends. If you're interested, you're very welcome to check it out. You can probably find it alongs, you know, uh, uh, you know, amongst the list of the various social media links that I have on my 10K card pinned above. So growing as a business, as part of a growing industry is like sailing in the same direction as the water flows. If you, in fact, if you check out the replays okay, of the rooms that I have been running, like, um, like once a month I do them outside of Breakfast with Champions, and you will see that these rooms are interview rooms. And I am not do doing those rooms just for fun. And the people I have invited are not just intriguing people, but people who really know what's happening in the fastest growing industries out there. For example, founder of Insilico, AI-powered drug discovery based in Hong Kong, just raised another 60 million US dollars in Series D, even in this dire market conditions. So don't think that cannot be done. And I also recently interviewed um, Professor Gabriel Lang. So he is the Dean of Hong Kong University Medical School, number 20 school in the world, actually and about to become uh, the board uh, uh, of one of the biggest charitable donors in the world. And by the way, not sure if people realize in Hong Kong, we actually have one in 12 of the Hong Kong population are US dollar millionaires buying 12 in Hong Kong. It's incredible. And so Gabriel has been part of so much medtech in, uh, innovation. And I wanted to know what he knows, that's why I interviewed him. And I also interviewed Professor Dennis Lowe, who uh, received a Royal Medal for his um, breakthroughs in uh, life science. And he built the first ever unicorn in Hong Kong. So how do the ultra rich spot growth opportunities? Same, they do so by seizing every opportunity to interact purposefully, intently, and learn from the cutting edge people like these. The information shared are not in any books yet. You need to be ahead of the books. You need to be super fast. Um, okay, so the third point I want to talk about today is the ultra successful. Once they have built something great, they then compress the time they spend running that successful venture themselves by hiring great people and by 
putting systems and processes in place or by outsourcing as much as they can to trusted businesses. So essentially, they are replicating themselves. Of course, they don't just like suddenly disappear after they finish building a successful venture. They spend as much as needed okay, to fine tune everything. But there is always an exit plan in mind, even if it doesn't involve selling that business off, but definitely an exit plan in terms of making it more self-run and more self-reliant. And this also happens in the trading and investment world. Let me tell you what happens for the best traders in the world, how they become successful at making money out of the market. So first day on the job on Wall Street, no one knows anything, okay? When I started at Morgan Stanley, I didn't even know what Morgan Stanley did, but don't tell them. So imagine, so the sliding door opens onto the buzzing trading floor, you know nothing, okay? But you have access to pretty much the entire market. But the question is, where do you even begin? Because you know, you need to learn pretty much everything because everything is intertwined. If some kind of news comes out in one corner of the market and you don't know what it means, how it will impact every single position that you're holding, you will surely get crushed by the market. And how investment banks work is that, yes, the reputation serves themselves. So if you don't make money, you're out, okay? There is no mercy. So yes, as a trader, you are very likely to be given a sector to focus up, uh, focus on, but it is really just too vast out there. Almost every part of the market is interconnected and you just can't focus on just one thing. So it is hard to know where to start, right? It is a bit like, you know, I always make this illustration. It's like you look at the starry sky and then someone tells you, you need to map this whole thing out from memory, like second nature. And guess how daunting that feels like. And I know it might feel a little bit like that for you right now, if you're just beginning to learn a new thing. And in my experience, a successful, ultra successful trader, what they do is they will methodically study each component of the market over time. And they will note this, they will at the same time put systems and processes in place. So they will remember or know how and where to look up the information that they have learned, those information that they have already examined. So they will never need to learn the same thing twice. They will never need to learn the same thing twice. I don't allow myself to have to learn the same thing twice. Are you doing that? Whatever it is that you're trying to become an expert in, from everything that you have read and listened to, say over the past year, or even over the past month, if you want to find a particular piece of information in there, do you know where to look? How many seconds will that take you? If you're not sure, perhaps it is worth considering to implement some kind of changes to your mindset and to your daily habits, the ultra successful love structure. And when I'm not talking about a stale, boring thing, but a dynamic structure that we can recall and tweak as we go. So it is always adapting to the latest developments. And also this includes a level of automating. Automation is really not for geeky people like me with the MSc in OR. It is an important mindset. For example, if you can spot a process in your current business that can be automated. I talked about never having to learn the same thing twice. Well, ideally, you don't also want to, you also don't want to always do the same thing day in and day out. 
Perhaps so spend some time today and think carefully every action you do when you get into the office and note them all down. What are the repetitive tasks? Spot them and get those automated. There are so many great apps or people who will be willing to write you a tailor-made program for you at a very low cost. And once that's done, that's one part of your business now transformed from having to be actively managed, i.e. reliant on you, so no you, no income, <laughs> to now it can be passively managed, i.e. it can run with or without you. You know, when, when we talk about always having, having an exit plan, right? When you come to exit your business, the investors will ask themselves, how dependent is this business upon its founders? I know that because it's one of the things that you have to go through. If you have a lot of automations and processes in place, your business will be valued more favorably. And so the more automation you implement, the more your business will become like an asset that is generating passive and recurring income for you, right? That would be a good thing to have. So same goes with how I trade. People keep asking me, how do I manage to still trade? I'm also running my own startup. And some of you know, I get uh, involved with a lot of uh, Christian organizations as well. And guess what? Automation, guys. You know, for those of you who trade, I really don't want to hear that you are spending hours and hours just staring at the screen, pulling up the prices and charts of every stock, every currency pair, every crypto you're watching, and you're just doing this again and again. You detect the theme, right? You don't want to be doing the same things so many times a day. And that is really not trading, okay? That is not time well spent. Idea generation and market watching can be and should be automated. You should have a system where when and only when something is moving, you will get notified and you execute the trades automatically faster than everyone else and to really capture the move. And on top of that, I also automate uh, by leaving various types of orders to enter into trades. I also use profit taking and stop loss order orders to take myself out of the execution in, uh, equation wherever I can. Why do I do this? Well, to save time, yes, as I said, but also, you know, humans are really not as disciplined as machines. We get impatient. I do this all the time. We get impatient and we get into those trades too early because I've been watching this for so long. You know, I just want some action. But by doing that, you're giving up a proportion of that profit that is rightfully yours, right? Because you had the right idea, right? But you're throwing that away when you get impatient. And guess what? A machine can really help you because a machine doesn't do that. And the other thing, especially if you're trading something that is moving 24 hours, you have to sleep, right? The market is moving, but you're, you have to sleep. So use a machine. The machine doesn't have to sleep. If so far you have been going to bed without automatic, automated stop losses in place when you go to bed uh, on all of your positions, please get that implemented. It's going to save you a lot of money. You don't want to be stopped out when you're sleeping. So I have three more minutes. The last point I want to make is very simple. The ultra successful are great at being patient. I talked about using a machine, but really it is something that we all need to learn as well. In trading and investing, 
Mofo, you know, fear of missing out is something everyone needs to be able to fight against because it is super easy to get itchy fingers, you know, click cover button, the trade is on. When you're just starting out, you really haven't developed that much know-how to enable you to discover many trade ideas yet. So I want to tell you, it is normal to go several days without a single trade on. It is normal. You might feel like something is wrong, because action makes us feel more secure. It makes us feel like we are significant. We're doing something. You know, you have a position and you watch the prices moving tick by tick. You're watching your profit moving up and down. But really, making money is not dependent on having a trade on all the time. It also doesn't involve having many trades on. Think about it. If you have a winner trade of decent size. Or alternatively, you can have a hundred trade, but with not much homework done, not much conviction. Then in the end, if you choose the having those hundred trades on, you are hundred x the effort and stress. You are hundred x the chances of error. So don't do that. In reality, if you have no conviction, those trades are going to be loss making trades because you're likely to, as I said, sell at the bottom when the market moves against you because you're going to panic because you don't know what the real value of that trade is. So, in terms of the personality of success successful uh, people, I've gone through four things. I didn't get to the end of my share, but my time is up. So four things I wanted everyone to remember. Number one, the ultra successful are willing to take uh, to put their money at risk. Number two, they are constantly spotting growth opportunities in the market. Number three, they compress the time they spend running ventures themselves by hiring people, by putting in systems and processes in place, and number four, they are great at being patient. And that's what I hope you can take away from my segment today. And uh, I will not have any time for Q&A now. Sorry about this, just kind of went on and on. Yeah, and if you want to do some Q&A, you're free to. I'm setting up the live stream, so I got a couple of minutes here. Oh, awesome. Justin is the best. Um, by the way, uh, if you're not following Justin on all of the different social media platforms, you really need to do that. Um, I don't know. I'm, uh, you know, I'm checking out his IG on a daily basis. Some really amazing content there. Make sure that you follow him uh, all across. So um, yeah, so maybe let's take one short uh, share or question before we hand over to Justin because he kindly offered. Would anyone want to ask a question or give a share about uh, what I said about the financial markets or um, the ultra successful hey, Ian, characteristics? Okay? Yes, I can. Ian? Yes, please hey, go ahead. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Sometimes my speakerphone doesn't work so well. So your session was so amazing. Question for you. I use uh, a Betterment that I dump money in there on a regular basis. I'm disciplined to put some money in there and kind of just see what happens. I don't even know what I'm doing with it, but it's growing a bit. Is that okay? Should I do something different? Meaning I'm like a baby little investor in that respect. Can you talk about using Betterment or Robinhood, kind of the online apps like that where you just put your money and they do stuff with it? If you know what I mean. I don't even know what I mean. 
<laughs> I think I kind of know what you mean, although your voice kind of dipped, um, you know, as soon as you started. But I'm guessing you have got some money uh, somewhere and it is not really for serious investment or trading. You are using it um, as a as a way to monitor the market and to learn, right? Yes, you know, yes. how how it works. Yeah, so that is fine. Um, it, you know, the best way to learn is to actually um, have, uh, you know, some positions that you can watch. And given that, um, you know, these sounds like, you know, um, kind of not a, a big proportion of, uh, you know, of your overall uh, kind of wealth, then it is totally okay as well. And also um, uh, uh, what people do is they have a paper portfolio. And uh, so they can basically monitor over time what their decisions are like. And, you know, when they execute, they make a record. And in fact, you know, it is really uh, a great way of tracking yourself, you know, either with a small portfolio uh, that you are having elsewhere or whenever you have a, a paper for portfolio because what you will see is one of the things that I talked about is about the execution and it's about the patience. When you feel like I just can't hold back anymore, I gotta put that trade on. And I guarantee you, if you're new to the investment field, 90% of the time, if not 95% of the time, you are too early. So some more work on the patience that we can all do. So thank you so much for your question, Roman. I hope to uh, kind of uh, chat with you uh, more often and more in depth in the future. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.